listening to Law and Gospel on Bible Study Wednesday. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and today we're going to be looking at Proverbs chapter 12, beginning with verse 9. But before we do that, we do want to alert you to the fact that we still have that wonderful book by C.F.W. Walther, a reader's edition to Law and Gospel. It's plenty of pages in it, and it normally sells, if you go through CPH with postage and handling, for about $54, and we're providing it to anyone who writes in requesting it for simply $45. All you do is you send me your name and your home address but do not send me any money. We will send you the book, and when you get the book, there'll be a bill in it, and you can write a check back to us in an envelope that's also in the billing. So that's Long Gospel with C.F.W. Walther, where we're always telling the head of the household to teach the children the catechism, but it's also good to learn about the theology of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, beyond the Catechism. And this long gospel book is really wonderful. It has a lot of information, historical, etc. And one individual who's ordered it said she's going to give it to her pastor for Pastor Appreciation Sunday, which occurs in October. This is a book every pastor of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, definitely should have, because it gives about 20 different ways in which pastors are misusing the distinctions between law and gospel. Now, we're talking about those distinctions between law and gospel in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 9 through 17 today. And this is about righteous behavior. You see, when a person is born, they do not automatically understand the will of God. They need to have faith given to them by the Holy Spirit and be brought up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord in order to understand the wisdom of God. People get into a lot of problems because they don't understand what Solomon is writing about as to how to behave in this world. It's not that when you behave, you're going to get many riches. No, you can get rich by stealing from people, but that's not God's will. So in this section... God is talking about how one lives the righteous life. Verse 9 of chapter 12, Better to be lowly and have a servant than to play the great man and lack bread. Now, what does that mean? We've been saying it now for a few weeks as we go through Proverbs, the goal of a pastor is not only to help you understand 
the meaning of the original language of Hebrew, Greek, or Aramaic, but also the meaning of the English. And, and part of the reason the English is not understood the way God intends it to be understood is because you and I don't live in that culture in which Solomon wrote these wonderful words by the power of the Holy Spirit. So what does he mean? Better to be lowly and have a servant than to play the great man and lack bread. Well, taking a look at the original, one can also paraphrase this as saying, better to be a nobody and have a servant than to pretend to be a great man and yet lack bread. Now, what's that saying? In the world, it really doesn't matter if people regard you as a somebody or a nobody. Now, not all of us are senators or politicians or actors or leaders that are well-known. So in that sense of our social standing, we may not have much of an appreciation by other people towards us. But it's better to be like that and have a servant in order to help you out. Now, a servant doesn't necessarily mean somebody you pay. Uh, for example, during my illness and when I'm in a wheelchair, at times, my wife is a wonderful helper doing things that I am unable to do. So I may be a nobody, but I have someone who serves me in a loving way. And that's better than if I pretend I'm a wonderful man, a great man with much influence, but I don't have any influence. And that is what is meant by lacking bread. He lacks social standing. So it's better to be recognizing the gifts that God has given us in people serving us, because as Christians, we serve not only our family, but also our neighbor, those we may not know of that well. Therefore, it's better to be a nobody with little reputation and yet have a number of individuals who serve our needs than to pretend that we're a great man and it's obvious to people that we lack bread, that we lack social standing, that we're really pretending to be someone we are not. Proverbs 12, verse 10. Whoever is righteous has regard for the life of his beast, but the mercy of the wicked is cruel. Now, what does that mean? Well, if you are righteous, and remember, these Proverbs are distinguishing between a believer and an unbeliever. A believer 
has regard for the life of his beast. What does that mean? Well, he is aware of the lives of his livestock. This was written, of course, when a lot of people were farmers. And one can just best remember Jesus' parable of the lost sheep. Jesus was aware of the blight of the lost sheep. He had regard for the life of his livestock. And he would go out, find them, put the sheep on his shoulders, and carry it home. That's a righteous person. But the mercy of the wicked is cruel. I enjoy watching YouTube farmers. It's really amazing the many machines that you can get from John Deere and other companies that really help in farming. For example, I was looking at one YouTube and there's a tree that has fruit on it and the farmer would have to hire about 20 people with long poles who would go out to the trees with these long poles and hit the fruit that was hanging on the limbs until it would fall to the ground. Well, that was pretty expensive. And then when it fell to the ground, it would have to be picked up. Well, this one farmer had a machine that goes up to the tree. You wrap the tree from the machine with a cord and you turn on the machine and it begins to vibrate so strongly that the tree itself shakes. And guess what? The fruit falls to the ground, but it doesn't fall to the ground. It falls to a kind of a blanket that is rolling into a truck. So the fruit automatically go into the truck. Two people can do that instead of 20 people. And you get a lot more fruit a lot quicker. Then you have these John Deere machines that can do like 24 rows of seeding at a time. You got a big tractor and you're pulling this seeder. And then when the harvest comes, you've got these machines that are also that wide. And I don't know how it works, but they go through, knock down the corn stalks, and the corn off the cob suddenly starts pouring into a truck. And they do plenty of things with the corn. There's this one farmer, he's out of Minnesota, so they don't have the best weather for farming at times. It gets cold, frost and snow on the ground. But he even talks to his plants. He says, hi, it's time to harvest you today. And he had to sell one of his John Deere machines. It was an old one. And he was buying a new one that was doing a lot better. And when he went to sell it, you could see he was almost crying because he had to give up on this machine that had been such a friend to him for years. 
in harvesting his corn. It's kind of like some people really have trouble in selling a car that's been with them for 10 years or so. I had a car that had 150,000 miles on it, and unfortunately, it was starting to cost more to repair. And it wasn't easy to trade it in for a better car, but I had to do it. In other words, a righteous person has regard for the possessions that God has given him. If you're a farmer, that would be your animals. Uh, For example, how many times have you seen a movie where somebody gets angry at their dog that they have as a pet or their cat and they kick them? This is not having regard for your beast because God is taking really attention of how you're working with those things that he has provided you, whether animal or other human beings. So the righteous person, he has regard for the life of his beast, but the unbeliever, his wickedness is cruel. His compassion is often not there. Verse 11, whoever works his land will have plenty of bread, but he who follows worthless pursuits lacks sense. Now, once more, we're talking about farmers from Solomon's point of view, but it can work in any area at all. For example, when I worked at Chrysler part-time in between my schooling, there was an assembly line. And it was interesting that every now and then I would see a person put a bolt or something into the assembly line that would stop the line. And then all the workers, and there would be about 30 workers on each assembly line, we were unable to complete our task because the line was broken. Whereas that person was kind of looked down on, on individuals. Whoever works his land will have plenty of bread. So we went to, for example, grow corn in our backyard, but we didn't use anything to keep away squirrels or raccoons or this sort of thing. And it wasn't at all unusual that we would look out there and see a squirrel eating a cob of our corn and spitting out the seeds. So we weren't working hard to have our backyard the way farmers do. It's really amazing driving around in Illinois to see field after field of corn and soybeans. And they're pretty well grown. In fact, they're already starting to harvest the corn. And it just really looks beautiful. They've had good rain. They worked hard. They will have plenty. And that's also true at your workplace. If you're in an office, if you work hard, you may get a promotion. Or if you're at home, taking care of the children, 
the way you take care of the children will make a big difference as to how they will grow up. But he who follows worthless pursuits lacks sense. Now, a way of understanding that verse is he who follows worthless dreams is lacking sense. How many people dream that, boy, I can start a business and make plenty of money, but they don't have the knowledge. Uh, For example, I've told you this, that I went to build a room in our basement for the kids, put up some walls, and all I did was I bought eight by four sheets of plywood and nailed them to the ceiling. Well, the room lasted about three weeks and the walls came tumbling down. So I was following a worthless dream because of my inability to know how to construct even a wall. It's important, there's a book out, that if you put 40,000 hours in anything, you will become a professional. Anything like playing an instrument, such as the piano or the organ or tennis, If you put in a lot of time, you'll notice that those who are wonderful at tennis have been playing it since they were children, practicing a lot every day. That is not a worthless dream if you work hard. Proverbs 12, verse 12. Whoever is wicked covets the spoil of evildoers but the root of the righteous bears fruit. Now we see this among millennialists a lot. They covet the spoil of their other schoolmates. They may see them get high on drugs and their problems seem to disappear. So they begin to use drugs. Then they find out that they can make money That's the spoil of evildoers. And so they try to sell drugs. In contrast to the righteous, where the root of the righteous bears fruit. Now, the root of the righteous, of course, is following Jesus and his mission. And it can bear fruit. And it bears fruit even within the individual Christian. Remember how the Bible how it speaks of the good works that God appreciates. They're the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Verse 13, an evil man is ensnared by the transgression of his lips, but the righteous escapes from trouble. Now, how many times have you had a child and they do something wrong and they try and blame it on their brother or sister, or people at work try and blame it on their work procedures, and they don't take responsibility for what they have done wrong. In fact, they get ensnared by the transgression of their lips. They lie about what has happened. But the righteous escapes from trouble. Because how many times have you admitted that you're fully 
the person responsible for something that's gone wrong. And you get a good response from the per person who hears that. Of course, the righteous escapes from trouble on the last day of judgment when we are taken to heaven and all our trouble is gone. Verse 14, from the fruit of his mouth, a man is satisfied with good and the work of a man's hand comes back to him. Now, when we're talking about the work of a, God, of a man's hand, we're really talking about what God permits him to do, where he has given him the gifts. And therefore, he is satisfied with what God has provided him. He may not have the best house in the block or the finest car or the great property or a wonderful garden, but what he does have he proclaims goodness to God, praises God for it. That's the fruit of his mouth. And he is satisfied with the good that God has given him. Because when he works hard, his work comes back to him. That's because God sees to it that that happens. Verse 15. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. See, that's kind of about the whole theme of the book of Proverbs. It starts out the first eight chapters with Solomon talking about to his son the proper way of life. And a lot of times his son is stubborn. And so the most important thing a parent can do is to discipline the child. That doesn't mean just to punish him, but to teach him God's discipline. Because the way of a stubborn fool is often right in his own eyes. You'll see a movie where a man has a business and he's decided to do something new and people are advising him, no, that, that won't work. But he's so stubborn, he says, no, it will work. I guarantee it. Did you know that almost three out of four new businesses that begin each year fail because people become stubborn and do things that they think are right in their own eyes and they don't listen to advice? In the spiritual realm, the word advice means God's wisdom. And therefore, Jesus is the one through the power of the Holy Spirit that provides us with the proper advice to proper living. Verse 16, the vexation of a fool is known at once, but the prudent ignores an insult. Now, how do you understand that English? Well, the vexation of a fool, that's talking about somebody who is an unbeliever and does something wrong, but he tries to conceal it. That's his vexation. 
He's trying to conceal his wrongdoing, but it is known by others very quickly. In contrast to the prudent who are believers who ignore or overlook an insult. Now, you've been listening to KFUO, and when you have people phone in who criticize the host, well, the worst thing a host can do is to start to get into a reasonable argument with them, trying to show that they are wrong. That's a that's not ignoring an insult. Instead, you simply overlook the insults and treat the person with love and respect in sharing with them God's wisdom and his advice. So the vexation of a fool is overcome. Last verse 17. Whoever speaks the truth gives honest evidence, but a false witness utters deceit. Now, another way of translating that, whoever speaks the truth proclaims the righteousness of God, but a false witness tells lies. And it's obvious a lot of times who is a false witness because the vexation of a fool is known at once. And those who pretend to be great men, but they lack social standing, become very obvious. The compassion of the wicked is often cruel. Those who follow worthless dreams lack sense. So this Proverbs 12 is a beautiful passage from the scripture inspired by the Holy Spirit to help the righteous understand the behavior that is necessary from God's point of view. The behavior does not save us because we can't even do the behavior until we are totally saved. We'll talk more about these distinctions of law and gospel on our next program with Wes Reinitz on tomorrow's law and gospel. Until then, God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check out to Law & Gospel and mail to Law & Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132, or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.